So welcome to the Retail Risk Podcast. This is the second in our special editions for Retail Risk London, 19th of May, uh, 2022. Now, uh, I am joined by Graham Parker, Retail Asset Solutions, RAS, as they are affectionately known, and one of our long-standing supporters and participants at Retail Risk London. So, uh, Graham, great to talk to you. Really good to talk to you, Paul. Really good. Now, quick question. First off, what's going on with you guys at the minute? Give me an overview of, of the of the RAS environment. What, what's going on on a day-to-day? Uh, well, it's been really good first quarter of the year for, for RAS. And, and I, say, I say really good because it's great finally getting some of the COVID out of your system in terms of back to stock taking, all our customers all coming back in, really busy quarter, lots of activity. Uh, our supply chain and merchandising businesses have been strong right the way through COVID, but they go from strength to strength. So it's a really exciting time for us. And in terms of you know specifics about what's going on, you know, are you doing more for existing clients? Are you winning new clients? Uh, is there any new tech or project that, that you can give us an insight into? Maybe any new wins that uh, you can you can uh, share with us in the uh, in the stock taking world. It's been really exciting, great getting customers back in. There is a huge amount of opportunity for us there, and and it is our I suppose it's our core service at the end of the day. And and customers do want that real accurate data. So not just valuation, but that accurate data. And we have got some really exciting prospects coming in, and it'd be really good to talk to some retailers as well when we get to the show. In terms of our solutions, though, and, and in particular in supply chain, we've uh, we've developed a system called Prosper that has got a real interest and is being operated in the majority of the large grocers now. And essentially, Prosper is supporting the accuracy of stock coming from goods inbound right the way through the chain, through pick accuracy to the back of the store. And that's a way of sample checking on a live dashboard that gives you real-time information in terms of how effective goods in to pick accuracy is driving through the system. And it sort of answers that, well, you can get your stock right at the store level, then we look up the chain. It really starts looking right the way up that chain. Yeah, and imagine that's quite a, yeah, I mean, remembering back to my time in retail, you know, way back when, but you know, that was always the argument, you know, when, when you're running stores or numerous stores, you know, you know, do, do you just have to accept what the DC say you're getting without checking it? Do you item check it? You know, so the fact that you've now got a solution to sort of put some visibility on that, I guess you, you're winning friends all across the board when you start to roll that out. No, absolutely. You do, because not only are you working on behalf of the grocer and giving them great data and information, you're actually giving really good information to the 3PL in particular to help manage in their pick accuracy. There's a tracker there as well. So we make sure we, we can check all pickers. You can celebrate success in terms of good activity. You can have the right conversations if you find errors or missed picks in certain places. But you can also do that intuitive learning in that if two products are very similar and they're put in a very close phase, well, why do you think you've got an accuracy problem? Because it's too easy for the picker to grab the wrong item. We could help on that basis. Yeah, oh, it's sort of the sweet spot, isn't it, of being able to identify, you know, whether things are in wrong pack sizes or, like you say, two very, very similar products. You, you, you're you giving me flashbacks then to, to, to actually the time when you used to go and do a, a pick run to try and understand why errors were being you know, introduced and, 
Everybody Absolutely. would laugh at you because how slow you were going around with your suit on trying to pick stuff. Anyway, look, um, you guys are going to be at uh, Retail Risk London on the 19th of May, as always, which is terrific. What can people expect to see other than your smiling face, Graham, on the stand greeting them? What, what else is going to be around? Well, I mean, we're obviously going to be on the stand. We are uh, with our partners as well, RF Keeper. They're going to be supporting us. RF Keeper are our RFID technology partners. And we're doing some quite smart things in terms of integrating that technology into a stock take system, but also looking at it through the supply chain. So we'll be together there talking through those solutions. Um, looking forward to meeting lots of retailers and catching up with suppliers as well. So it, it's going to be a really good day. Yeah, uh, Graham, always uh, great to catch up. Um, really looking forward to, uh, to, again, meeting in person. It's always fabulous. Uh, you know, we'll hope for a, uh, a sunshine on the day. Everybody can bounce through the door. But, uh, but until then, Graham, have a fabulous uh, week or so, and we will see you at Hammersmith on the 19th of May. Thanks, Paul. Look forward to it. So welcome back to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast. This is, of course, one of our specials ahead of the Retail Risk London Conference on the 19th of May. Now, special guest up next is Tony Parker from Forta. Now, many of you will have seen Forta increasingly uh, at Retail Risk events, and I'm thrilled to say that they are one of our title sponsors for this year. So very exciting about that. That means Forta are going to be on the main stage. They're going to be running round tables. They're going to be jumping around whooping and cheering, and there was even rumours of dry ice and a laser light show as well. Watch this space. So, Tony, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, to join me today. Uh, pleasure, Paul. Delighted to be here. So, look, first question, Forta as a brand. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's fair to say it's been just steadily increasing its profile. It keeps appearing places. Strange enough, people are saying nice things about what you do. Um, retailers have been giving testimonials. But what's going on with a with the Forta business at the at the minute, you know, you've got the inside track. You're you're there. <laughs> what what what's the vibe? What are you guys up to? Yeah, you know, it's 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 really exciting at the moment. It's interesting that you say about the brand gaining awareness because we're a business that's been going since 2014, so a while. But actually, uh, when you look at the the thrust of the business, it really took off in the U.S. in North America. Um, and uh, through a lot of the, because of the focus has been around sort of larger global uh, brands uh, and merchants, um, it got a lot of footholds elsewhere around the globe, and in particular in Europe. And off the back of that, I'd say probably in Europe, we've been investing heavily for the past three, three and a bit years, um, to the point that we're starting to gain quite a few um, merchants in their own right that are operating in and around Europe. Um, I can tell you, you know, I, I've been with the business now just over a year. Uh, we were shy of maybe 220 people. We're now a business globally of about 500 people. Um, and I think when I started over a year ago, we were certainly less than maybe 150 billion worth of GMV globally. We're now well north of 250 billion. So it's just going that way. It's fantastic. Yeah. And I guess, you know, I mean, that is that is huge growth in terms of you know, people actually working in the business. And I get that, you know, that backs up this perception that certainly I've got, and I think other people have got that, you know, falters on, a, on an upward trajectory. So long may that continue. Now, in terms of the, the product itself, you know, and the solution, well, what's going on there? Because I'm guessing 
what you're offering now isn't the same as you were offering from back in 2014. What, what are the latest developments as well? What's the new stuff? Yeah, so the, I, I mean, actually at the heart of what we do, the kernel of what we do, it is about fraud prevention. Um, but, but it's much more about uh, developing a, uh, a high degree of trust between the merchant and the consumer. Um, and that can manifest itself in a number of ways. When people think of fraud, they think of, uh, you know, uh, kind of checkout, transactional style uh, fraudulent attempts, credit card fraud, etc. cetera. Um, but when you now start to look at the um, kind of the various vectors that we see being attacked uh, in an online context, um, then that fraud starts to morph into uh, aspects of account takeover, for example, um, maybe some of the post-sale challenges that people are having with abuse, like items not received and returned. So um, whilst there's been um, a heavy focus on preventing fraud at, uh, at point of checkout, um, you know, people that want to abuse, a, abuse a, a merchant or commit fraud have started to move to, uh, to, to other vectors. In fact, I was at an event uh, just before Christmas, and I think it was the, um, the FCA were, were holding an event, and uh, ATO, as a fraudulent uh, uh, use case is overtaking credit card fraud here in the UK for the very first time. Uh, so we're taking the same idea of trust and identification, because that's what it's all about. Can we identify the person behind the uh, transaction, the person behind the account creation, the person behind uh, registering the, the item not received request um, in real time, and in advance of any damage being done to, uh, to, to, to that merchant. So the heart of what we do, that really hasn't changed. We're still very much about um, identification. It's how it's now being applied to the various use cases right across that customer journey. Um, and so with that, we therefore have this concept of trusted propositions, whether that be trusted policies, well, which is much more about the sort of post-sale, trusted conversions, which is still very much about looking at that, the uh, optimizing payments um, and making sure that whilst we're blocking the bad guys, we're making sure that we're not blocking the good guys. So we're playing to that sort of false decline uh, challenge. And then of course, right at the front end, we're making sure that we are uh, giving people uh, safety in, in account creation, sign in, login, et cetera. Yeah, and I guess you know, automating all of that, that really is what you know, retailers mm. are looking for. It just, just remind me there a few years ago, um, there was one particular so US retailer that launched into the UK and uh, I was privy they had such problems with this particular uh, issue that they were having to manually phone everybody mm. when they created an account and then place an order because I was on the receiving end uh, of, yeah. a, of a phone call and you just think, how is this even viable? And funnily enough, they're not in the UK anymore. But uh, anyway, yeah. so, and I imagine, you know, those kind of, you know, steps forward, you've just become more and more seamless more and more integrated and if you can you know let the good customers through and 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 stop the bad ones that really is the nirvana isn't it that's that's the sweet spot the absolutely get to that, the better. yeah and of course you know in the uk this is this has become a much bigger challenge with the advent of psd2 and strong customer authentication and um uh liability shift and therefore 
uh, you know, the banks and the financial institutions wanting to do all they can to prevent fraud and in doing so, erecting more and more friction potentially for, for, for the ongoing consumers. So when we, when, we, when we look at our trusted conversion proposition and we look at optimizing payments, uh, the biggest bang for buck is not about uh, the, the money you can save on fraud, but it's the money that we're releasing and recovering, uh, which is a top line. Uh, benefit to the client, and it, it pretty much dwarfs the you know the bottom line savings. And that that's that's a real big uh, opportunity for us in in the UK market at the moment as it's gone live in March fourteen. Yeah, sure, definitely something worth it. Now, um, retail risk London nineteenth mm, yeah. of May. Um, what can people expect when they when they wander up to the to the well, Porter stand and talk to you guys? Well, we are we're, we're coming with a splash. Uh, we're coming with a lot of people. So I apologize now if you're pounced upon by a Forza person there, because we will be everywhere. Um, we are going to be on the main stage. We've got the delight and pleasure of um, we're going to be interviewing um, a senior uh, client from, from Fraser's group. Um, we're hosting a round table. Uh, and also we're putting a, a, we're going to have some fun on our, 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 our booth as well, a whack-a-mole um uh set up there so come and come and have a play i would also say is that we've decided to bring um an emphasis and a theme to this around what, what i was talking about a little earlier trusted policies uh or first party fraud or friendly fraud however you want to to call it um because we're listening to our customers and to our, our prospects and we can hear that this is becoming a massive challenge for them so uh we're going to be talking an awful lot about um uh, friendly fraud um, about uh, you know the permissibility that merchants may have uh, in stopping it and preventing it and what we can do to help you again identify who the bad people are who the good people are you've got to remember this is not fraud per se uh, fraud per se is when uh, somebody's trying to hide their identity typically in this space they're your customers mm. so they're not trying to hide their identity what we're looking at here is the behaviors of these people and what we can do to uh, uh, you know to basically save an awful lot of money and maintain a high degree of uh, customer experience yeah I think increasingly just just to you know solutions that encourage customers to make the right choices are really the sweet spot at the minute retailers seem to be getting big returns on them and vendors that have stuff solutions technologies that work in that space are the ones that really seem to be flying at the minute so it kind of ties in with with mm. forter's growth that, that you're going down that look tony thank you so much for giving uh, as a run through of what you guys are going to be doing um i will be wandering the floor on the day with my uh cameraman so i apologize in advance but i will have to come uh, despite all of the seriousness of the solution and see the whack-a-mole um but uh, but until that event on the 19th of may tony take care and uh, we'll see you in london very soon Thank you, Paul. See you then. I am again talking to some of the key highlight sponsors and exhibitors from the upcoming Retail Risk London. And I am delighted to be joined by one of our friends at Retail Risk, Alex Brundle from ThruVision. Alex, thank you for taking the time to join me today. Thank you for having me, Paul. A pleasure as always. Yeah, Alex, now. Um, I don't know if it's just me, but every time I look at LinkedIn, and I look at it fairly frequently just to see my own face uh, peering back at me, but you guys don't seem to be too far behind in the stakes of what's going on and new stuff. So talk to me about the world of ThruVision at the minute. Yeah, so obviously super busy. You would have seen from LinkedIn all of the uh, various updates. 
Um, we continue to partner with all of the retailers and third-party logistics companies. Um, and really, our mission maintains the same, improve and enhance the security exit process. Um, and for us at the moment, particular focus is on really getting every employee screened and out of the building. Uh, and we're doing that now with something we call walkthrough security. Yeah, now I've heard about walkthrough and I think it's quite a big you know, upgrade. The tech was fairly revolutionary when it first came out, but you've made a few steps along the way. Walkthrough, what, 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 what's the difference from where we started to where you are now? Yeah, so through Vision, our, our product was very much about screening employees as you leave. So we can see all the items on the body that metal detectors can't pick up. Um, the challenge, of course, is we need to screen everybody and get them out really quickly. Um, we have now developed a piece of software called Dynamic Detection, and it, is, it essentially acts as a uh, guard assist tool. So working with Next, we've deployed the first live site, um, and it literally is 100% of employees are walking out of the DC, and as they walk through, they get screened. Uh, anything that's flagged up by the software, the guard can then action. Uh, super fast, super quick, very unobtrusive. And it takes me back to when the tech first came out. I remember one or two people would say, well, that's fantastic. As soon as they can do everybody, I'm having that. So I'm assuming you're just fully booked up. Capacity is now taken for the next five years with everybody being being true to their word. We genuinely have a, a issue in manufacturing enough cameras now. It is a, a good problem to have, but nevertheless, a challenging one. Yeah. So look, um, fabulous as always that you are going to be with us at Retail Risk uh, at London. Um, are we going to see you in your usual spot at the front? What, we, what can we expect from you guys uh, at uh, Retail Risk London this time around? Yeah, so a bit the usual spot at the front. Um, we're going to be bringing along, of course, the latest technology, including the dynamic detection to let everyone have a play around with. Um, <coughs> additionally, <coughs> excuse me, we will have a couple of new team members to uh, show off. Uh, and we'll be running our regular champagne raffle, chance to win a nice Jeroboam of Tattinger. Fantastic. Well, uh, you know, I, I would have thought uh, just just uh, stand and look at somebody from 50 paces uh, should detect the, uh, uh, the Jeroboam of Champagne if somebody tries to walk out with that. So uh, on that occasion, we won't uh, need through vision. But fabulous you bring in uh, the new piece of tech. Fabulous we've got the new faces as well. As much as we love to see yours, Alex, it's always nice to see the team growing. So um, I shall look forward to uh, seeing you again in person at London. Uh, but for now, thanks very much for taking the time to join us. Appreciate the time. Thanks, Paul. The top people from the top organisations with the latest thinking about the best strategies to use in the greatest industry on earth, retail. The Retail Conference from the Retail Bulletin, exclusively at Retech Europe, 8th and 9th of November. Search The Retail Conference for more details. So welcome back to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast. This is, of course, one of our special editions for the upcoming Retail Risk London event. I'm delighted now to be joined by Peter Just from Pris Retail. So, Peter, delighted to uh, speak today. Welcome. Thank you. So um, before we just get in a little bit about uh, any specific developments, just tell me what's going on in your world at the moment. What does uh, Pris Retail look like right now? So, yeah, we're growing, uh, as we have done for many years now still, uh, continuing to invest back into our products and developing deeper functionality to support the clients uh, that we have. 
and help them really just impact loss in many different areas and improve the profitability of their operations with Secure and some of the other products as well. Um, with um, Engage now, we're making some amazing progress working with some of the very best retailers out there um, and helping them with online and in-store returns to uh, just drive incremental cost savings and very importantly, their new sales as well. Yeah, and you mentioned there, you know, the product and Engage. Is there any kind of insight you can give us you know, you say developing, what, what kind of new functionality is coming on board? What evolutions, what, what's, what's it look, what's that look like at the sort of, at the coal phase? Okay. So, yeah, so the secure uh, exception-based reporting product, it can really help find issues anywhere. Um, although our history is the point of sale data, um, but the use of secure is evolving as, as retail evolves too, especially over recent years, of course. Uh, encompassing online transactions, uh, curbside pickups. Uh, we're doing a lot of work around cashier coaching now, which is a, a fantastic new add-on application that we've got now. Um, store delivery, uh, OCR, uh, self-checkouts. Um, it's pretty much any data you want to throw at it. It's it's uh, it's kind of just staggering now the sorts of things you can do with the tool. Um, and it's a great pleasure to use. Um, I really enjoy working with clients and seeing some of the great results that they get um, and engage and, and uh, uh, brings out our, our verify and incent products up to uh, the sort of uh, uh, issues that, that the stores are having uh, now with, with online. The rapid growth around there is just amazing. Um, and that product really is there to, to support that, as I've mentioned, with uh, cost savings and, and uh, the new sales that they can convert from uh, from those returns and, and touch points with customers. Yeah, I mean, if I think way back when to when the um, the software launched and you know, the number of data points that you've just ran through there that can now go in, I mean, it's hard to imagine from those sort of beginnings that all of these could feed in. I'm, I'm guessing the the number of retailers that you've now got a relevant solution for is just, I mean, it's is it everybody? Pretty much, it, uh, yeah. I think we've we've got um, we've, through the conversations we've had with with retailers, we've uh, we've learned a huge amount, um, and um, you know, I think it's it's the natural progression of retail. Obviously, been accelerated over the last few years, um, but we're seeing uh, some really exciting things come up, and it's it's we're making sure that our roadmap and, and uh, technology that we're using now is, is combining into a really great set of products for, for clients. Yeah, quite phenomenal. Now, look, um, terrific. You know, you've been longstanding supporters uh, of uh, the Retail Risk uh, series of events, and you were with us, uh, Retail Risk London, on the 19th of May. Um, as I said before, other than your smiling face when people come onto the stand, what, what can they expect from you on the day? What's, uh, what's going on? So yeah, we'll be there all, all day. Uh, we'll be available to provide tours of the application to, for Secure um, to show how, it, uh, how it's used today and, and how it can be used in the future as well with some of the other uh, data points, obviously, as, uh, as we're working with clients now. Um, we'd also really like to engage with people in their uh, learnings um, that they've had around approaches to uh, total loss, um, how the loss prevention and asset protection functions um, can help improve customer experiences as well. It's a very important area that we're working uh, with many customers now. 
Uh, we've, you know, as you mentioned, we've been there for a long time. We've had some really great conversations in the past with some of your attendees, um, who are a lot of whom are, are clients as well. Um, and that really helps us to get some good insights into the direction that we should be facing and moving towards um, of, of, you know, where retail's going in the future. And that's some of those things that we really, you know, it's so important for us to listen to. I mentioned a little earlier um, that those conversations uh, for us give us a huge amount of talking points internally um, and help sort of, like I said, to give us direction as well of where we need to be going um, as well. And, um, you know, it wouldn't be as good without the customers, the products that we've got, I wouldn't be as good without the customers uh, input that we have. So it's uh, these these shows are really good for, for getting some of that uh, insights. Um, you know, it just could be a little chat here and there. It gives us some, some great direction. So yeah, looking well, forward I, to it. Yeah, interestingly, um, I, I don't, I've never seen a year like it. We have got mm. um, some retailers coming along that have either not been for a long time or have never um, sort of come out of the woodwork to attend uh, a retail yep. risk event. In fact, you know, not just our event, but other industry events. So some some amazing brands. Um, mm. And we've got two large European retailers who've admitted uh, to me, and I think a few others, I've read about one of them in the press, they're actually about to launch in the UK as well. Both of those are attending next week to have a look at suppliers that are uh, sort of established in the UK market as well. So uh, I know you guys... You know, you've been around it's the right way for a long time. You know, you're well known. You've spoken to, to lots of people, but, you know, terrific that there's new ones coming in as well. And I'm sure you'll be front and centre in those conversations for sure. Absolutely. So um, thank you very much for that quick whirlwind and update on what's going on with you guys. We will look forward to seeing you and everybody else at Retourist London next week. Uh, I'm pleased to say delegate registrations have hurtled past the 500 mark this morning as you and I are recording this and there's still plenty of time to go so um, I look forward to seeing you uh, and lots of other people in Hammersmith next week but for now Pete take care perfect thank you very much Paul So welcome back to uh, this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast. We are, of course, doing our specials ahead of the Retail Risk London event on the 19th of May. Now, Alex Siskos is from Everseen. Everseen, many of you will know as one of our biggest and longest standing supporters. And we're always delighted to, uh, to talk to anyone from Everseen. And the we have actual proof there is somebody other than Chris Taylor inside <laughs> of that business. We have... Alex joining us today, and we've just been talking before we came on air today about his amazing backdrop. We wow. will spare you the 35 minutes we spent chatting before we hit record today. But Alex, lovely to, uh, to, to speak to you again. Paul, honored to be here. Thank you very much. Good morning, good afternoon to anybody and where you're watching this. And yes, I have some big shoes to fill, so I needed a backdrop to basically stand up to the great Chris Taylor. There we go. Now, um, ever since a business has been clearly going places for a number of years it gets higher and higher profile we keep hearing nice things about what you guys do from retailers but give me an overview of the business at the minute what's going on what what's the world i've ever seen looking like well i appreciate first of all the 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 the, the great compliment you kind of paid us and, and that's what we live for right we live for customers basically speaking and telling our story and we often say we're not good at doing that right but 
as a business, we sought out to, to basically own the experience around the checkout process, right? And I know retail risk and what we've been doing, you know, every time is to stop, shrink, right? At its point where it's happening. But what we realized is we're in the business of experience, right? And that experience is removing friction for the green actor, the person who's trying to understand now how to go to a self-checkout machine or do better in their interaction in a staff lane. But on the friend and the opposite side, I'm trying to add every friction and every trick in the book that we can do to get that red actor to stop what they're doing and honestly just take their business elsewhere. And and you know the it has been a technology base, but you know I think from a checkout operator perspective, I've even heard some of those guys and girls talking about the fact that it removes confrontation uh, from them if people know that the technology is there. But what is the tech doing at the minute? I mean, what's the latest? development of it what news coming online what what can people see and thank you for that paul right because people often forget that there's kind of three imperatives that are caught you know from a retailer perspective or interest from the retail perspective right stopping shrink first and foremost absolutely the first thing that we need to do right but you need to do that without taking away from the customer experience and if you do that right then your third element is an increase in sales right people will use it more frequently they will bring larger baskets and they will do so with a smile, right? So a lot of what's going on with our uh, technology right now is integrating into those models the moments that matter that we around the checkout process where we can remove the friction. So think about it, right? Nobody expected in COVID to see the move from staff lanes to self-checkout. And that move basically brought bigger baskets. It brought carts. It brought more items, right? So helping people understand how they move around, how they go around that shopping process has basically been paramount for us over the last, I would say, two years now, believe it or not already, right? And so removing that friction, making it more pleasurable, and when you're actually interacting with the tool, you get an opportunity to self-correct on your own. We call that internally a soft nudge, right? So that gift that pops up that shows somebody actually what happened in the moment and the customer on their own seeing themselves in that moment where, yes, I did move the product over the scanner, but it didn't scan and an image coming up saying, this is what happened, will you rescan? Most often than not, your green actor, as we call it in the industry, will self-correct. The red actor, that's a different story. And that's exactly what we're also doing to make that more specific, deter that behavior, eliminate that behavior, but you know what? They will game the system. If there's a will, there's a way. So that's you know the other part of our software is thinking about what upgrades we need to do to be one step ahead of that red actor. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, um, they use the term you know, uh, encouraging people to make the right choices. You know, the vast majority of people want to make the right choices, and uh, and if they do make a genuine mistake, that little nudge to go, eh, you might have just missed that. I'm guessing some of the returns people using this technology have seen have been pretty fantastic because you know there were you know I don't think I'm speaking out of turn to say there were a few vendors a while ago uh, offering what you guys do um, I don't really see the others around too much more you seem to uh, you know, sort of be leading the charge so you know huge kudos to, to what you've been doing. Well two things you asked there right so first of all thank you for that compliment I'll get to that in just one second right our customers speak for our value. I've been in a couple of other panels and the folks that are watching this have probably seen some of our customers that basically speak to the fact that everything becomes a self-funding initiative pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. What we pride ourselves is 
getting to that in a very transparent and open manner, and then sitting down with a retailer and talking, where can we lift and shift this technology to address potential other issues you know, in the ecosystem? But before that, we welcome competition. I'm in a position in the company that deals with the strategy, the outlook of where we're going, how we you know, structure all this stuff. I always have a very close eye on what others are doing. What I'll tell you is this, I want them in the ecosystem. We need optionality for retailers. Some things might not work for ones that will work for others. But what, what I pride us on, what is truly the differentiating point is the ability to not be a bespoke solution. We didn't go out just for theft at the checkout. We went out for experience and that's the experience of the consumer, of the associate and of the vendor. You find these people in different scenes across different business processes in retail. So what we learned at the self-checkout is invaluable. How we can use that from an AI perspective, the training, the pure data. I don't know if Chris ever shared this with you. 175 years of video on a daily basis is processed. It's unraveled. We learn from that, right? And what does that include? People and the behavior. They do an action dealing with a product, dealing with a fixed element like a skull, or that could be a pallet truck, or that could be a shelf. I think you understand kind of where I'm going next, but I, I won't jump ahead because I think you had another question there. Yeah, it's pretty, all that amount of day. Um, whenever I see him, he just waves because he's generally talking to somebody far more important than me. So no, I never get to see that 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 data at all. Look, um, so again, uh, terrific that you're going to be at Retail Risk London, 19th of May. Um, what can people expect wandering up to the Everseen stand? I presume we're going to have that big beaming smile that is Mr. Taylor at the front I was going end. to start with that. Absolutely. Yeah. You will see the gentleman you have seen since the get-go, Chris Taylor. You will see him uh, in front of a big backdrop that I want you guys to pay close attention to. You will see the total store and you will see how we are trying to lift and shift this technology from one area to another. We've earned that right to do that. Chris has got a set of videos and things that he's gonna walk you through. And I wish we could bring everything to you, but getting a pallet truck and everything else to show you how we're doing some stuff in the back side of the house, is probably impossible. But the key message I want you all to walk away from is we created bookends, right? We're dealing with the checkout of a product, but if you actually say, what was a day in the life of the product? It was actually checked in in the back of the store from a vendor. So Chris will kind of share with you that one day in the life of a product and understand how we are putting the bookends to control not only shrink, but the possible errors that were happening in inventory. And again, we have to make this invisible for the experience of both the customer and the associate and the vendors for that matter. Thank yeah, you for the opportunity a, a, to share that story, by the way. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cool evolution from you know, starting point to where you are now. So look, I'm absolutely fantastic that uh, Everseen are going to be there. We're grateful for the ongoing We're grateful too. Thank Alex, you. Uh, I get a feeling you and I could have spoken for another four hours, but we will not subject uh, audience uh, to that. Maybe we do that privately offline another time. But for now, Alex, it's been an absolute pleasure. I wish the whole Everseen team continued success. And thanks again. Uh, we'll see some of you in London uh, in the near future. Thank you very much. Enjoy the show, everybody. So welcome back to this week's edition of the Retail Risk Podcast. Thanks as always to our sponsors, Axis and 3XLogic for their support also. Now, next up, I am talking to Adam Dudley from CCSG. Now, Adam is one of our new exhibitors at uh, Retail Risk London. So I'm delighted that he was able to find the time to join us this week. So Adam, welcome. Thanks, Paul. So before we perhaps get into a little bit uh, about 
the product and what you guys do. Give us an overview of, of what's going on with the business and in fact what the business is. Yeah, okay. So, well, CCSG, um, we've been working for the last 15 years with leading retailers around the world. Uh, we've been building a really effective video-based retail risk management platform. Uh, and we call that platform the Target Active Security Software Platform. Um, and we've got a great team. We've got, uh, the team's here in the UK. Uh, that's the team of developers uh, where it's made and our team of risk experts. Um, and our history is big on international business uh, with thousands of stores over a long period of time. Uh, and what we've done is we've really focused on that and we've learned an immense amount over those years, as you'd expect. Mm. Uh, and in recent years, uh, there's been a significant expansion across Europe and Asia with thousands more stores protected. Uh, and those stores are mostly the large hypermarket style stores. Uh, and, and what we're doing now, Paul, uh, the business, is we're taking all those learnings, we're taking the product that already exists, uh, and we're repackaging it. Uh, we're refining target active security software, and we're going to give it more utility across more markets and more customers. That's our plan. And, and that's just amazing because, um, you know, I've been around this industry for, uh, for, for too long, some people might say, and, <laughs> and in, uh, in retail itself prior to that. But, um, you know, I was looking at the amount of retailers and the vast amount of stores that use this. But have you been the best kept secret out there? Um, I mean, it's amazing you, you know, you're coming out now. I mean, maybe give a little bit more insight into the actual product and i'm guessing you're now actively coming to market and inviting more people to come on board would that be fair that is uh, exactly right yes we uh, lots of people when they discover us say why don't we know about you no, that's exactly right and i think um i think the reason why it's the best kept secret is is it's our approach uh, and the way we go about building this product um and i you know in a way i'd like to take just a little step back before diving straight into the product because um, the best way to understand our product is, uh, is reflecting on the nature of risk management in retail in general. Um, and so it's all about behaviours. Uh, managing retail risk is about managing problem behaviours, uh, such as theft, non-compliance uh, of both staff and customers. Uh, and any risk management system is only going to deliver the value uh, if it can demonstrate a reduction in the costs associated with those behaviours, those problem behaviours, at least anyway. Um, and, and Target, what we've been building, Target's main strength is actually identifying those problem behaviours. Uh, and it does this by utilising video uh, and other data. So usually uh, till data, but we integrate with lots of other data as well. Uh, and it discovers uh, and responds to those problem behaviours. Uh, and the, the actual platform itself provides the analytics and the review tools mm. to discover the behaviours and the people involved. Um, and, and on top of that, Target also provides a streamlined process for creating the case files that field teams use uh, to take the corrective action ag against the people that we've discovered. Um, and, you know, you mentioned about our business. Um, you know, and why we're opening up. We are absolutely committed to delivering value to our customers. Um, we are really clear that unless that whole discovery process 
uh, followed by case building and then actually getting the corrective action uh, done. Uh, it, unless that process is completed end to end, then our customer uh, gets no value from our system. And indeed, all the other systems they bought, you know, right from one end to the other, uh, right, right from the cameras. Um, and there's no value in being able to generate lots of nice little case files uh, if nobody can take the action with them. So we're really committed to the idea of going beyond uh, what you know, lots of people do, the technical integration, you know, where we get one bit of software to work with another bit of software and a bit of hardware here. Um, and what we want to do is achieve what we call operational integration. Uh, and this actually changed the way we worked. So by focusing on operational integration, it actually led us to a service-based approach. Um, so we consider the end-to-end -end process as an investigation service. So within that service, uh, like any other, we support the development of the people and their capabilities, the tools that you use, and the process to be followed to deliver the, the whole service properly. Um, and what we've done, you know, we know from experience, you know, we've got thousands of stores, we know if you take that approach, if our customer takes that approach, they achieve results but the results are sustainable and consistent over the long period of time. Um, now I know, you know, it may seem a little involved, um, but actually this is just a reflection of the reality of what our customers actually have to do to achieve the results they desire. Um, and they get so many benefits from doing this. Um, and one of them is a very standardized way we have of presenting our services within our platform. Uh, and customers find it really straightforward to add more and more services once they've been onboarded. Um, so a, a typical customer operates between 20 and 40 investigation services, um, each targeting a specific business risk uh, across hundreds of sites. Uh, and to help out with this, you know, we've got uh, a comprehensive suite of management reports and uh, a tool system to help you know, de deliver these services. Uh, and, you know, Paul, I did listen to um, a couple of your past podcasts um, and you did have uh, Professor Martin Gillon um, and his main comments just last year was roughly along the lines of, um, if all the equipment and the processes were working, then uh, shrink wouldn't be as high mm. as it is, you know, in a, in a store. Uh, and people are willing to risk their liberty simply because you know, most of the time they, they know they can get away with it. Um, and, and this is what's different about our platform. Our service-based approach tells you end-to-end -end if each individual one is working as you expected it. Um, so yeah, to, to summarize, you know, uh, what a typical customer's journey would be, you know, as they adopt our, our platform. Um, they usually start off with, you know, hundreds of stores, uh, disparate CCTV systems, different manufacturers. Um, and by adopting the target active security software platform, we utilize the existing CCTV and the existing POS systems and other existing systems. And we provide a company-wide platform which then they can deploy a suite of services, a suite of protection services to manage the list of business risks that they have. Um, and essentially it transforms 
the business uh, to a more strategic enterprise risk management approach. Now, interesting, you know, it's, it is bringing all of those disparate bits of information together. And I think I'm right in saying you, you'll take information from, from any source. And there was actually a, um, I won't name them because I'm not sure if I can name them, but there was a, a Goliath, shall we say, uh, retailer um, who was singing the praises on how, um, you, you know, beneficial this has been to them. And they are a, a massive business with, with big stores. And they've, I think they've been running this for, you probably know who I'm talking about, but I'm not going to name them because I don't know if we can. Um, but they were really complimentary and they said they've had lots of benefit from this. Uh, you know, maybe they've had a head start because they've been using it for, for some time, but absolutely fabulous that, that I guess you're, you're coming out of the woodwork to, to talk to other people about this. So you're with us at, at Retail Risk London. Uh, I, I, you know, I know you've been looking at it for a while. Amazing that you're going to be there in person so i said before we came on air other than your smiling face on the stand ready to to greet people but you know are you going to be able to offer demonstrations talk to people what what's going to be going on in person when people meet you on the 19th of may yeah so you know we've just spoke about how many risks uh we could deal with uh, and the scale of the problems our customers are facing uh, so yeah come and visit us at the stand we've got examples of exactly those um, you can actually come and get a demo of our video-based risk uh, management platform, Target Active Security Software, and um, you can get a copy of our top 10 services. Uh, so it's well worth a visit. Come and ask. There you go. And who knows, hopefully even uh, at some good conference uh, uh, stress balls or a pen to boot as well as those <laughs> demos as well. It wouldn't be the same without those. No. Um, Ada, amazing. Thank you so much for giving uh, a quick run through on that. I, I think it's always utterly fabulous and one of the highlights of events is when you see new products and services you know putting themselves forward in the flesh so thank you very much for for choosing us as the platform for that um, i look forward to seeing you in person on the 19th of may but for now adam it's been an absolute pleasure thank you yeah. thank you paul thanks <laughs>